Welcome to Grounds for Discussion, a book club podcast for the average Joe. Hey everybody, welcome to Grounds for Discussion. I'm Becky. And I'm Laura. And today we're doing something a little bit different. And we chose to pick five different categories and um, of genres of books. And we are going to discuss our... Um, our book picks for those categories. So I Ooh. am excited about this um, yes, this discussion because it's just like, I love talking about books. And yeah. so to be able to talk about multiple books on the podcast is rare and fun. So yes, I'm excited. And of course, I have my coffee with me. Yes, um, yes. I did... I, I did something a little bit different, and I went back to my first true love, which is caramel. Um, mm, you so, can't go wrong. I know. So I did, like, half decaf and half caramel flavor coffee, and then I just put some latte shake in it. And um, actually, it's good both warm and cold. It's just nice for, oh, like, nice. a little fall drink because I was doing the pumpkin thing, which I love, but it's right. nice to have, you know, a caramel. Actually, I think last time we talked about, like, apple and how you can't, or you, usually you don't see apple with coffee. And then I found right. one, like, a, a apple coffee flavor. And I was like, oh, I should try that. So I picked oh, it really? up, but I, I haven't had the nerve to try it yet. So, um, so I'll let you know. But uh, Well, and I don't want to skew your... your your view here but i personally i just don't like i mean i know starbucks has like a new um it's like apple crumble or something or apple hmm. i don't know it's something apple hmm. for like the fall that's one of their new drinks that they came okay and i am just not a fan really just, you tried it i just didn't like it yeah mm. i was not a fan huh. but i don't know if that's across the board i i wouldn't right. like apple in coffee to me something about it sounds weird like apple and coffee yeah to me. yeah i'm not me getting too. it but i and that's not to say it couldn't be done right mm-hmm. there i'm sure there's there's got to be something out there where it's done right mm-hmm. i just didn't particularly like that one that yeah. one was not i didn't like it and if um if you are gonna have a coffee apple drink you would think that starbucks would be the place to get it because they make so many yummy drinks it's like right okay they'll probably get it right you know what i mean i would have thought so so i was a little bit surprised i was like oh i and mm-hmm. I, in fact i and i hardly ever do this but i went back and i was like i do not like this. really that bad huh? <laughs> i was like i know i was like i just know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna drink it mm. so i actually did go back and i, I you know usually if it's like something's a little bit off like mm-hmm. i i asked for an ice and it's hot or whatever yeah usually i'll be like yeah whatever right you know, right still drink it but this one i i was like no i know i'm not gonna drink it mm-hmm. at all so yeah it actually went back <laughs> that's when you know yeah. it's really not it, good i just yeah it wasn't gonna work for me <laughs> but all that to say it could be fine i with your stuff you yeah know, I, I wonder what so, other people like if it's popular if other people like it or if people are like i don't know like you. i don't know i'm kind of curious too yeah and maybe people love it who knows yeah i don't know i will try this coffee this next week and i will let you know because yeah let me know what you think i'm very i'm curious i'm curious now too to see if if i would you know think the same thing i cannot yeah. in my brain like, think of drinking apple, like apple cider or whatever, and then having a coffee twist to it. So that's what's yeah, like... that I can't figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. I can't put the two so we'll flavors see. together. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see how. I'll see let how you know. Maybe it'll, maybe it'll be good. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Are you drinking anything? Um, I am, actually. So, okay, confession... <laughs> We have Rona. Oh, the Rona. Which, which I mean, you already knew, but, you know, yeah. I'm putting it out there now. Yes. Anyway, um, so, but because we can't leave the house, Ben, I was like, Ben was ordering some stuff on Amazon or something. Mm-hmm. And um, he was like, is there anything else that you want? And I was like, 
well, I'm out of beans. Mm. Can you order me some beans? Mm -hmm. And so he's looking around on Amazon. He's like, well, I can get some peats, but they don't have like a dark roast or anything. Or I'm like, that's fine. I like medium roast. Yeah. In fact, that's, you know, a lot of times if I have a choice, I'll get a medium roast. Yeah. And so he ordered me a medium roast peats. And it's not a kind that I've heard of because I can never find medium roast on the, on the shelves for peats. Mm. And I don't drink it that often anyway because it's kind of expensive and I right. can't always find it. And, right. You know. So I hadn't had it for a while. Anyway, so he orders me this pizza and it comes in and it's two pounds. And oh I haven't seen my. Like, I mean, I was like, oh my goodness, honey. <gasps> this, oh wow. He ordered okay. in bulk. <laughs> I guess. So, so I'm like, um, that's, that's cool. That's cool. I will just make like a bunch of cold brew. <laughs> that's funny. That <laughs> kind of reminds me of Ian of Green Gables. To, what was it? Two pounds yes. of Ten, brown sugar. Pounds yeah. of brown <laughs> sugar. Yes, exactly. Where Matthew is trying yes. to kill time. Yes. And, yeah. so anyway. Funny. Side note. <laughs> but yeah, so I was like, ooh, so I got some beets to drink up. <laughs> so it's a... At least you like it. Nice. It's a... Yes, but I was sad because I was like, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to taste it. Oh, and so yeah. That is sad. So, but... But I can taste it a little bit, and okay. from what I can taste, it's pretty good. So good, you know. I think I think I'm gonna like it. So, Maybe it'll be yeah. even better in two weeks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. He's like, but the beans stay good, right? You can yeah. Use it. I'm like, not really, but you well, know. <laughs> I mean, not for you, I mean, but they for do they an do, average but. person. <laughs> I know, right? I'm such a snob. No, I'll still use them. I still will. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, so that's what I'm drinking. I have my little, I did a, just a French press and then yep. I did a little, like I whipped up a little bit of cream with some like caramel flavor. Yummy. I saw just that on top. somebody posted on um, social media this um, syrup. They called it syrup, but it was thicker than syrup. It was pumpkin puree, honey, water and I think yes. that's it have you ever tried that like to put in no, your coffee seen, or tea no but I've seen a couple of recipes online where it's like oh here's what you can use if you want to do like a pumpkin spice at home and yeah, yeah like it uses like I kind of want to try that stuff I know I, I might oh too. and it had cinnamon in it I might like substitute the honey for something else but that sounds really good yeah yeah I wonder if that would be syrup. Yeah. Like super strong or I don't know. I can't imagine it would be because I'm sure that's what they do at Starbucks. I'm sure they, yeah. have, a, they have a pre-made thing. Right. But it has to have pumpkin in it. So mm -hmm. I'm sure it's some kind of, you know, pumpkin puree and yeah. stuff. I, I might have so, to try that I know. Too. I want to try it too. Yeah. Yeah. So many things I, I want to that. try. <laughs> I think it would be a lot better than just, like, pumpkin spice. Yeah, that's I what think I'm thinking. Be, because yeah. when you have pumpkin puree, it's not a different flavor, but it's almost, like, more complex or something. I don't know. Yes, it is. I agree. So, all I right. Think for me, the difference between a, a pumpkin pie that you make yes. and one that you buy. Even oh, though my all goodness. the flavors are still kind of there yes. in the one that you buy. They're, like, muted, you know? Yes. But when you make it yourself, the it's so much more complex. Yes. Nutmeg. Yeah. Nutmeg is, yes. like, a game changer for me when it comes to pumpkin pie. Yes. If you don't have and nutmeg in fresh. it, then it just is kind of bland. Yeah. And I really like using fresh, personally. Yes. Like the actual whole nut and like, yes. you know, Yeah, instead of. Grind it in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hear you, girl. Well, now I anyway. want some pumpkin pie. <laughs> My goodness. I know, right? <laughs> You're doing to me. Uh, anyway. Thanksgiving's a coming. It's a little she ways. A it's a little ways away, but still. Yes. I already have all my fall decor out, and I'm constantly adding to it, so... I'm in, I'm in the mode. I don't know. I just don't know where you get the energy. I'm like, girl. I, it's almost like, every season. do you, do you ever feel like, like you're so tired that you're on overdrive and you just don't let yourself like stop? That's where I am right now. I'm, I'm okay. like, okay, next thing, next thing. Like, I don't know. It's just hard. To it's going. hard to explain. It's like, I, I need to let myself rest, but right now I am not letting yes it's yeah. almost like overstimulation or something I don't know I kind of yeah I can understand that yeah I, it's bad it's bad I need to be like 
I need to make myself rest. But, you know, (laughs) sometimes I just, I, I, yeah. (laughs) I understand the overdrive. I understand it. Sometimes you got to use overdrive to get through. I know. Yes. It's almost like a coping mechanism sometimes, which is not always good, but. I, I am here and I am alive. So <laughs> you're here, you're awake, you're functioning. Uh, that's right. And I have my coffee. Well, so. <laughs> let's inject some fun into that. And yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. So we have decided on five different genres, which we did not announce ahead of time, mostly because we wanted to play with the genres yeah. until the very second before we <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> recorded. I'm still so, wondering what genres. Just kidding. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, did, did you remember which one? Okay. <laughs> um, so, would you like me to announce them, or should we just do them one at a time? I think you should announce them, just to give a little okay. heads up. Okay. So, our five genres that we decided to pick for this, and who knows, maybe we'll do some different ones later. We'll see. Yeah. Um, but the ones that we decided to go with are mystery, mm-hmm. hi- historical fiction, devotional and or, like, spiritual, uh-huh. psychological thrillers, mm-hmm. and classics. Yes. So, those are our five That's what I have, too, so... <laughs> And you're like, oh, I hope it doesn't, I hope it's the same list. I was looking at my list like, yep, that's the, yep. Oh, oh, okay. okay, Yes. We switched them up just a few times. So, you know. Well, we had to play around with it. That's right. what we wanted to do. That's right. That's putting it nicely. Anyway, so you want to just start at the top and work our way down? Just start with a mystery? Sure. That sounds great. I have, I have them listed in a different way. So let's start with mystery. Um, Okay. You go first. What's, okay. What's your What's your mystery? And I'm I'm saying favorites, but we all know. I mean, some one that you really love. Yeah, and I, you know, I struggle with the word favorite. I know. Oh, <laughs> I do too, Laura. Because the thing is, this is from all of these books that I chose are from the past, you know, this year that I have read so far. Oh, so wow. it's like okay. I cannot nice. really choose something from. A okay. whole selection of what I've read because I feel like yes. that's a little too overwhelming for me. So yes. I just chose what I've read this year so far. So you have the same disease I have, <laughs> which is you can't you can't pick favorites. Oh because no, there's just it's like I mean asking me to pick a pick a favorite book is like choose your favorite child. That's I right. Mean, it's I, just wrong. Oh, it's wrong. I can't. I I can't do that. That's I right. Can't do that. I can tell you some ones that I've loved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Anyway. And so, you know okay, it's so, it's ever flowing, ever ebbing. Ex- exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, so yes. So for mystery, anyway. um, I read a book called The Good Sister. It's by Sally Hempworth, and it's about these um, two twin sisters, Rose and Fern, who are really really close. And when you read like the back of the book, you know, to see what this book is about. It doesn't scream mystery. However, I would characterize it as a mystery because hmm, there okay. is quite a twist at the end. And and all the way through, you think you know kind of what's going on with the sisters. But, yeah, there's, there's a mystery throughout the whole thing. But okay. Fern, one of the sisters, is um, socially inept like she she works at a local library and I would categorize her as you know she probably has Asperger's or something like that it never really said in the book but she works in a library she is very used to her routines she keeps a lot of order in her life like that's how she functions and then her sister Rose she's a interior designer and her and her husband have been trying for a long time to have a baby um and you kind of walk through um, Fern and Rose's relationship and how it changes. Fern is very matter-of-fact and like, oh, Rose wants to have a baby? She's been trying for years? I need to help her with this. And so she <laughs> she kind of takes on um, like the role of trying to help her sister have a baby. And... Uh, I don't want to give too much away, but um, I I thought that this story was very 
real and kind of raw in some places. Um, it was, it was very interesting to me. Um, it kind of brought up some questions about, you know, what is a good mother? Who's qualified to be a mom? What does it take, you know, to be a mom? Hmm. And, um, it, there were some funny parts through it too. So I enjoyed that, but I actually gave this book, I'm going to tell you what ratings I gave it. Is that okay? Oh, okay. Like on good, on Goodreads. Um, go for it. I gave it a five on Goodreads. Ooh, nice. Um, it kind of surprised me. This book did because when it started out, I was like, eh, this might be fluff or, you know, whatever. But I just really, really enjoyed it. So that's my mystery pick. But <laughs> sorry to do this to you. <laughs> I did pick a bonus book because okay. I recently read this book and there's so it's called Where the Crow Dads Sing uh, by Delia Owens. You've probably I heard of it. I to read that. Okay. Yes. I want to say I have put this book off ever since it came out because I had heard a lot of good things about it. And then I had heard a lot of people later on say, uh, there's too much hype. It's not that great. You know, I'd heard a lot of mixed reviews. So I was really hesitant to read it at first, but I really enjoyed this book. Um, now I okay. will say this one I did listen to on audio and I think one okay. of the criticisms of some people was that it was kind of a slower book in parts and there was okay. like maybe too much detail for some people. So that really helped when I listened to the audio because I could okay. kind of, you know, speed up those parts, still listen to them, but just go through yeah. it a little bit faster than maybe if I was just reading. Um, Makes sense. So, you know, if you do start the book and you think, oh, this is dragging on, um, you know consider audio but um okay yeah it is about this um this girl who her name is kaya and she lives in the marshlands of louisiana and she is known as the marsh girl and there's a lot of really bad stigma when it comes to the marsh people so she grows up in the shack and she's eventually abandoned by her family and this book's this book is um, like part coming of age, part crime drama, but I really, really enjoyed this book. I, I liked the ending too, because they're all through the book. You have the question because, you know, part of the book is a murder mystery. You're wondering what happened to this, this guy and, uh, this guy that she knows that she dated for a little bit. Um, okay. and so you're kind of wondering like, who killed him, what happened to him, um, who knows what, and who's just blaming other people. Um, now, I will say there were some parts that I had to, like, skip over a little bit, <laughs> um, yeah. which really annoyed me because I really liked the book. And it's like, oh, why do you have to add that? Um, yeah. But that's another Usual. reason. I know. That's another reason I liked listening to it. So, yeah, um, skip it. Yep. This book kind of kind of hung with me a little bit. So, I I think I All gave right. it between a 4 and a 5. I wish okay. I wish Goodreads would do like half stars. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> Don't you? Um, I do. But anyway, loved the book. Would recommend it. But I wouldn't put too much emphasis on like oh this is an amazing book because it's not for everybody but okay. for me I really did enjoy it so I would recommend it to you though definitely and that's so interesting because I of course I've heard of it because mm -hmm. it's kind of been you know a big deal for yeah a while. yeah and I have not and I have not read it yet I feel like at one point in Starbucks I may have just started it because I was or not Starbucks at a like at a Barnes and Noble or whatever yeah um, cause I'll do that. I'll just start books mm -hmm. <laughs> just to see. And for some reason I never came back to it, but it was mm -hmm. just cause it wasn't cause I didn't like it. It was just cause I, it was just picking it up one day yeah. in a, you know, but and I didn't buy it or anything. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I'll have to go back to that. It's yeah. funny though that you would call it 
a mystery because I had no idea it was a mystery. I didn't really know what it was when I picked it up. I just knew that it was popular. Um, but I would definitely, yeah, definitely okay. call it a mystery. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah. Nobody ever really mentioned that to me. So Yeah. Or I guess I never paid enough attention, maybe. I don't know. Well, you probably didn't um, get too far into it either, so. That's, tr- that's true, yeah. Yeah. All right, what's your um, pick? So my pick for mystery is Death Comes to Pemberley. By <gasps> oh, I love that book. Yes. Oh, so I good. I love it as well. So I am not great at, like, synopses and that kind of thing, and I'll just ramble for eternity. Sure. So I just thought <laughs> I would just read a little synopsis that I found. Okay. Because it's easier. Um, so it says, the world is classic Jane Austen. The mystery is vintage P.D. James. Hmm. So for those of you who don't know P.D. James, she's a pretty well-known mystery writer. Yeah. She writes just, like, straight mysteries. Um, I'm, actually, I believe she's passed away now, but. Really? Um, yeah, I think she is. I think she's, I think she has died, hmm. so. Um, but anyway, um, the year is 1803, and Fitzwilliam Darcy and Elizabeth Bennet have been married for six years. There are now two handsome and healthy sons in the nursery. Elizabeth's beloved sister Jane and her husband Bingley live nearby, and the orderly world of Pemberley seems unassailable. But all of this is threatened when, on the eve of the annual autumn ball, the guests are preparing to retire for the night when a chaise appears, rocking down the path from Pemberley's wild woodland. As it pulls up, Lydia Wickham, Elizabeth Bennet's younger, unreliable sister, stumbles out, screaming that her husband has been murdered. And then it goes on to say, two great literary minds, master of suspense, P.D. James, and literary icon Jane Austen, come together in Death Comes to Pemberley, a best-selling historical crime fiction tribute to Pride and Prejudice. Mm. Conjuring the world of Elizabeth Bennet and Mark Darcy, and combining the trappings of Regency British society with a classic murder mystery, James creates a delightful mashup that will intrigue any J-Knight. So that's kind of what was written about it. I'm... Um, that I found on the web, and I thought that was a pretty good description. Mm-hmm. But basically, it's a classic mystery, but it's set in Jane Austen's yeah. world. Yeah. So, so of Pride and Prejudice, mm-hmm. which you know, of course, how can I how can I resist that? So that's right. Yeah, I just I think it's just such a fun read. Yeah, and that's really the only. I don't. I don't even know how else to describe it. It's yeah. just a really fun read because if you like Jane Austen, yes, and you enjoy you know, British mysteries, Mm -hmm. what's better? Exactly. I mean, (laughs) yeah. So, yeah. The two become one. Yes, they meld together (laughs) in this. And I know you've kind of had mixed feelings about P.D. James, which I totally understand. I do. Some of her stuff is a little more, I don't know. Some of her stuff is is just different. Um, Yeah. And some of it I really love and some of it I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know. Yeah. Um, She has a couple of sort of well-known um, detectives Mm -hmm. that she's created. Mm -hmm. And a lot of her mysteries have, um, I believe mainly, I think the most of the ones that she's written have, I don't know how to say the name, but Adam Dagley-ish or something like that Mm. as this detective. So you can think of him as almost like, um, you know, Agatha Christie's Poirot or, you know, it's like this really well-known reoccurring that she has. Yes. Um, and some of those I I really enjoyed, and some of them I'm like, oh, they're all right. Right. Um, but she's just a very classic British mystery, straight mm-hmm. mystery, mm-hmm. almost cozy murder style, you know, yes. Yes. Um, that kind of style. And I just, I enjoy a lot of her stuff. And this one, I mean, to me, what's better? Yeah. I, I love it. Yeah. So I have read a couple also... of hers that I do enjoy, and then some that I really don't. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, and that's and that's it's hit or miss for me with P.D. James. And there's also um, a mini series which I really kind of enjoyed too. I thought they did a nice job. Hmm. So um, oh yeah, I've seen that too. Wasn't that yeah, uh, PBS? I, Was it PBS masterpiece? I I think so. Um, I don't know where you'd find it, but I know yeah. Um, I know I'd seen it, and I don't. I didn't pay for it or anything. Right. So wherever it was, it must have been free at the time. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, you so could probably watch maybe it. Maybe Amazon, PBS. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, so that is my pick for mystery. Awesome. Well, I got a little bit excited when you mentioned that book because I do love it. Um, 
I do love that book, but also I think it's funny that you chose a Jane Austen knockoff because <laughs> can we talk about classics next? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's okay, classics. so let me tell you. <laughs> I kind of cheated on this one. Um, okay. Because what I chose is not a true classic. It was written in 2020, but... It's the classic story or retelling, not retelling, but it's, uh, uh, how do you describe it? It's about Pride and Prejudice, but it's from the point of view of the um, uh, Mary Bennett. So it's called The Other Bennett Sister, and it's by Janice Hadlow. Have you heard of this book? Oh, my gosh. No. Okay, what's the name again? I'm writing all these down. Okay, good, good. (laughs) (laughs) It's called The Other Bennett Sister. The Other Bennett Sister. Oh, I'm totally reading it. Oh, it was so good. I finished it just this week. Um, I loved it. So it was from the perspective Uh, of Mary. And, you know, the classic, like, scenes that happen with, like, Elizabeth or Jane – they still happen, but just from Mary's perspective. And, oh, that's funny. Um, it is, uh, it's a lot about Mary and how she grows and develops as a person. And she was always the one that was kind of de- looked down upon because she wasn't really, you know, she wasn't beautiful. Well, she wasn't really classy in her, yeah. in how she and dressed or presented kind of, herself. Well, and she's always kind of moralizing. She's always sort of like... Almost acts like she's better than her. Yes, and you know what? In this book, it totally explains her thought process behind how she she speaks. Oh, that's fun. Yes. And it brings out a different side of her where it's like, oh, I can totally see where she would think that or say that, you know? And you kind of start thinking, well, Elizabeth is a little bit of a jerk, or Jane is very, you know, like you get a totally different perspective. I just love it. And then you also get to see some characters um, that were original to the story, but you didn't know much about them, like Mr. Collins. And I love Collins. Yes, I think you'll love him even more after you read this book. Okay. Like in a good way, not in a, in a, wow, he's something else. I mean, he is, but, um, and you also get to know the gardeners more, the aunt and uncle. Um, it's just a really, really fun read. And I was like, I love this book so much. I have to fit it into some category that we're already doing because maybe I could have put historical fiction, but I already had a book for that. So. Yeah. So I was like, I'm just going to put it in classic and I'm going to cheat a little bit and call it all good because I can. So, <laughs> so yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. I would definitely so, give that a five out of five. Loved that I book. I am so going to read that. Book. Yes. It might have to be the next thing. I yes. Do I it. I don't know where I'm going to get Not, it. Did you get it from the library? I did. Yeah. Okay. I will say I'm I did have to wait. Has it. I had to wait quite okay. a bit. So, well, and if it's a newer book, it yeah, is, who knows, but mm-hmm. I'll, I'll wait. Yeah. I'll wait, man. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So what so, is your actual classic? <laughs> so people are totally going to think that this is fake. I'm not even kidding. Okay. Um, cause my classic is Pride and Prejudice. <gasps> are you serious? <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I mean, come on. What else was I going to choose? Oh. Goodness. I love Pride and Prejudice, and I know it seems like it's the Pride and Prejudice show, but I swear to you, like, <laughs> these are truly, like, Death Comes to Pemberley, I didn't even, that wasn't because of, that, right, you know, right. It, it sounds like we're just on the Pride and Prejudice show, that's, but I do, I love <laughs> Pride and Prejudice, it's just one of my absolute favorites, yeah. I will read it over and over until the day, I, I mean, like, I don't read it every year or anything like that, yeah, but, but I've read it several times, and I know I'm going to read it at least a few more times, yeah you know, before I die, for sure. Yeah. If not more. Right. You know, um, I just love it. Yeah. I love everything about it. Yeah. I think that the sarcasm and the irony mm-hmm. are just so on point. Yeah. And, I mean, every, yeah, I, I'm i not going to sit here and expound its virtues. There's a whole internet for that. All right. But, I mean, for those of you who don't know it and are scared of 
you know, yeah. classics or Austin or whatever. I, I just try it. Yeah. Just try it. That was and, actually and you, my maybe first I'm wrong, but Jane Austen book and I loved it. I, you know, I just think, and for some people I understand, like, I mean, I, Ben's perspective helps me a lot. Cause Ben says that it's hard for him because he just doesn't, the British stuff mm-hmm. just doesn't make sense to him. Mm-hmm. And so he doesn't get all the wit and all the, yeah. like it doesn't, He's not getting around the la- the language to mm. be able to get to all of that wit. To so, enjoy. I totally understand right. people for who that is the case. All I can say is maybe watch the movie first because mm. I feel like once you kind of sit with that language a little while, it yeah. starts to make sense. Yes. You start to get a hang of it and go, oh, okay, I'm starting to understand. Yeah. What the, you know, because yeah. it does take a minute. It really does. But, it, you know, if you've never tried it, just give it a try, because it really is a hilarious mm-hmm. book. I think it is just one of the funnier books I've ever read in my life. Yeah. And it's, it's old. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, enough said. It's, <laughs> it speaks for itself. I love that you chose that, because, well, just for the fact that we are kind of on the same wavelength. Yeah. What are the odds? Stuff? It's just I don't know. people are going to be like, come on. I know. I I don't care. I think it's amazing that we both picked something that was so similar. Yes. It's just funny. Yeah. Oh, my word. Anyway. What category do you want to do next? Let's do psychological thriller. Okay. All right. You want to go first? Sure. Um, So this was another book that I read recently. Um, I am not, I love thrillers, but I am not really into like ghost stories. However, this book was definitely a thriller and definitely a ghost story. And I loved it. It was called The The Winter People by Jennifer McMahon. McMahon is how I'm saying it. Okay. Um, I have read a couple other books of hers. It's it, she's kind of a darker writer, which okay. I I just I love. Um, yeah, and this book, I mean, had me. It was it was so good. It takes place in Vermont, present day, and then it flips to uh, the same um, location, but in the 1900s. And there's two narrators and the town has a history of like these strange disappearances and old legends that people believe. And there was a girl in 1908 named Sarah who was found dead in the field close to her house pretty soon after her daughter had died. And then the present day narrator is a girl named Ruthie and she lives in Sarah's old farmhouse with her mom and her sister. And Ruthie discovers that her mom is missing and, and after that, she also finds a hidden diary underneath her mom's floorboards. And it kind of sends her on this journey to, like, find out the history of her family and the house that they live in. And it was a little bit spooky, but, like, not, I wasn't afraid or anything, you know. But yeah. it gave off the vibes of, like, thriller mystery. Um Okay. I just loved it, and it, I gave it a five star on Goodreads. I I would recommend this to anybody who loves like a darker read, um, or anybody who likes thrillers. Um, it wasn't necessarily a psychological thriller. I oh I don't know because I feel like there's a difference between psychological thriller and thriller. Is that yeah. even a thing, or did I just make that up? I don't know. I mean, I feel like some of the categories are a little bit arbitrary as far as how we categorize yeah. you know, sort of that kind of, you know, yeah. some things where it's like, that really could be either a thriller or mm-hmm. just a mystery or just a, you know, um, so some of that, I feel like it's in the individual's yeah. point of view. Um, like when I think some... of thriller, I think of automatically Gone Girl, like psychological thriller. Yeah. I think of Gone Girl. Yeah. And yeah. so anything that isn't written a quite like that I'm like is it a psychological thriller but I think this might be I don't know I sure let's say it is this is (laughs) okay just go with it I'm going with it (laughs) 
So, um, all right. I want to hear yours. <laughs> well, this this whole episode is cracking me up. <laughs> because oh. my pick for psychological thriller is Gone Girl. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and I'll tell I, I, <laughs> And I'll tell you why. What is going on, Laura? What is going on? I don't know, Becky. (laughs) Are we the same person? No. Um, But here's why. I'll tell you why. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, Gone Girl is about a man and his wife. And basically, it's almost like journal entries, at least in the beginning, Mm -hmm. of the wife. Mm -hmm. And so when you get to almost the halfway point, there's sort of a break. And by that point, you're convinced, like, okay, his wife is, I believe, missing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she's being looked for in this kind of thing. And, of course, it's always the husband. Mm -hmm. So during this whole, you know, half of the book, it's her detailing, like, how abusive he was and all these different things that he did. And then... So by the end of that, you're like, Psh, okay, mm-hmm. it's it's obviously the husband. Mm-hmm. Well, then the next half of the book goes and, and is from his perspective. Mm-hmm. And so it totally, like, everything gets flipped on its head. Yeah. And so it's just, it, it's a lot about, like, the idea of, like, there's two sides to every story. But also, yep. it, for me, it was the first time... I read a book that I would truly qualify as a psychological thriller. Yeah. It was Gone Girl. Yeah. And it was, to me, like, just very groundbreaking. I feel like everything yes. that I've read since then, I compare to, to that. Yes. To see if it's really a, a psychological thriller uh-huh. almost. Do you uh-huh. know what I mean? Like, I'm, yep. I'm like, but does it have, like, a, a twist that's big enough yep. that sort of messes with your head? Yes. Because that's what this book does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, it, to me, it's the quintessential psychological thriller. And it's, yes. and it's really well written, and that's a good story, and it's engaging, and you care about the characters. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so for me, I, I always compare everything <laughs> to Gone Girl, just like you said. Yeah. Up until <laughs> so, that point, you know. I really, before reading Gone Girl, I didn't really believe that a narrator could lie to you. Does that make sense? Like, I I think with Gone Girl, it was my first experience with not being able to trust the the storyteller. Yeah, which is, yeah, like, I I think it had, I'm I'm not saying it's the first time that was done. No. I'm sure it had been done. Right. But I'd never read it. Exactly. And this book became really big. Yep. So I think it was the first time I'd read something where... It just the it set you up. Mm-hmm. It really completely set you up psychologically for something that you thought you knew where you, where you were going. Yep, mm-hmm. and that was not at all where you were going. Yeah. So, yeah, I, yeah, I I do love Gone Girl, and it's definitely not. Um, it's not clean. Mm-hmm. It's not you know, and so for people who are like looking for something that's a super clean read, that kind of thing. Eh, don't know if I can recommend it on those grounds, but right. psychologically, yes. I just thought it was really, you know, like really pretty brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed it. I felt so. like, isn't it Jillian, what is her name? Jillian, Jillian Flynn. Flynn. Yeah. I feel yep. like even her other books don't compare to Gone Girl. Yeah. I agree. I did like her other books. I, I, I read, well, I read, Gone Girl is... obviously, Gone Girl first, and I I felt like... That was definitely her brilliant work compared to, like, I don't know. I just didn't like the other ones as much. Yeah. I would have to agree. I would say uh, out of all of hers, I did enjoy Gone Girl the most. But, again, it's the one I read first. Yeah. It was the one that really opened my eyes to what a psychological thriller could be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, like I said, ever since, it's kind of like it's always the one that I sort of compare stuff to to go, oh, is it a psychological thriller? Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. (laughs) Just like you were saying. Yeah. Which, again, you know. It's okay to broaden that category and say, you know, yeah. this is a psychological thriller, yeah. too. It doesn't have to fit these exact, you know. Right. Is it messing with anyway. your head? That's the question, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Kind of, like, kind of like, for me, like, with The Silent Patient. Yes. That's a psychological oh, yes. thriller to me. Uh-huh. Because, same thing. I would it agree. It messes with your head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, anyway, that was my pick. Awesome. Well, these next two categories, Laura... I'm pretty sure we're going to be far apart. Not far apart, I think, but... I think we will. Because I yeah, don't I, even I think, think we're going to be. 
read either one of the next two categories, at least that I know of. So yeah, <laughs> you may have read one of mine, but I don't think you'll pick it. Okay. So. <laughs> okay. So which one do you want to do next? Um, you want to do devotional mm-hmm. or spiritual? Spiritual. Let's do or- spiritual. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So my spiritual pick was Beholding and Becoming by Ruth Cho Simmons. Um, I cannot tell you how much I love this book. It it's so it's a it's a devotional, and it is okay. filled with watercolor illustrations by the author that go along with the theme of the devotional for the day. And I wish you could see some of these pictures. They are beautiful. And it's, it's interesting how her art, like, draws out worship and, and helps you draw closer to God just by looking at her art. It's really, it's beautiful. And she also does, like, scripture verses or quotes or she'll do sceneries, um, all sorts of different things. But, um, I guess before I read her book, I didn't automatically think that art can draw you to worship. But uh, she just does such a good job of not only writing devotionals, but then pairing it with just beautiful, beautiful artwork. Yeah. So she in in this book, she talks about like um, how we become what we behold. That's the theme of the book. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, she laces scripture quotes and other um quotes by like heroes of the faith um into her devotional but she has apparently she has a bunch of different books i'm reading one right now called grace laced and um it's the seasons of the heart so like right now i'm in the season of winter Uh, i just read the season of fall and it's it's just so spot on um, like what I need to hear every day. It's just beautiful. I love That's it. Awesome. I would highly recommend for anybody, really any Christian to at least look at this book, if not own, because you can go through it any, any time of the year at any season of life. And even just look at the pictures. You can even look at the pictures with your children and talk about, you know, how God is showing you, you know, his beauty through someone else's art. Like, it's just so versatile and just mm. beautiful. I love it. That's so cool. I, I do feel like there's sort of a, um, even in, in the secular world, I feel like there's a trend toward um, being, you know, kind of using um, drawing or even... Um, like handwriting, you know, mm, yes. that kind of thing to, um, in the, in the secular world, I'd say it's more to sort of like, um, almost like meditating in a mm, sense. Yeah. But in the Christian world, you see it in, um, I've seen a lot of over the last few years, like journaling Bibles, Yeah, which mm-hmm. are, have really beautiful calligraphy and this kind of thing. Yeah. And, um, you know, I feel like it, it's becoming more accepted that it's okay to, um, you know, to, to have almost like props to our worship, mm. to, to allow things to draw us into worship. Mm-hmm. Because I think especially as Protestants, there there's from the beginning been this, this idea of like, don't, you know, don't get caught up in the stuff or the, you know, that they can become idols. And, yeah. you know, a big, beautiful, grand church is not the point. It's about right. your relationship with God and this kind of thing. And so it's like, I feel like in a way somewhere along the the line we sort of threw out the baby with the bathwater and said mm-hmm. yeah you know that's not allowed mm-hmm. it needs to be just you and god mm-hmm. and um while that maybe needed to happen because of what was happening in history you know i, I think it's really cool that we're kind of coming into an era now where people realize um, right you know all beauty is from god mm-hmm. and to be able to explore just the beauty of art itself and say, look what this artist was able to make because they're made in the image of God yeah. who is beautiful yeah. and to allow that to draw us to worship. I think that's a, I, I don't think that's a bad thing. Right. I, I think it's really cool that we can finally get to a place where that's okay. Yeah. You know, 
Um, what do you think about, yeah. um, like, people who are not Christians, um, you know, using their talents, but then we look at that and obviously they're coming at it from a different perspective than we are. Would you still right. consider that worship? Like, if you read a poem and someone else is like, oh, that's amazing. I don't know. I, I, I don't yeah. quite know how to phrase you know, the question, but. I, I understand what you're getting at, though. Um, but I think I would go back to all truth is God's truth. And so if the artist has, has drawn something that's true, has, has connected with something that's true mm-hmm. of human beings made in the image of God, mm. then that, that, that belongs to God. That's his truth. Mm. That's yeah. not the artist's truth. Yeah. That's God's truth. Yeah. And so if, if, you know, if God wants to use that for me to worship, yeah, I, I don't, you know, I don't see a problem with that. Yeah. It's interesting that you should ask that too, because I literally just this week I was reading in, um, reflection, uh, on the Psalms, mm-hmm. which is um, C.S. Lewis book, Reflection of the Psalm on the Psalms. Yeah, and he it's just him talking about different things that you find in the Psalms, and questions about it, and just different things. And he talks about kind of that very idea when he says, um, you know, there there may be an old poem by Virgil that is referring to something totally different, but it works in the context mm. of um, scripture. And he's saying basically, like, if that person could have seen um, the fulfillment of what their poem was talking about, yeah, they would go, oh, yeah, that's it. That's what I was talking about. Huh. Do you know what I mean? Even yeah. though they, they weren't Christians, they were hitting on a truth that they didn't even understand. That's interesting. Huh. And so I thought that was super interesting. Yeah. I'm still kind of processing that, yeah. you know? Um, but yeah, I, I, and, and he, you know, he phrased it so much better, of course. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not even sure I got to the depth of it and completely understood what he was talking mm-hmm. about, but that was what I took from it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I think, I think it's okay to look at a secular painting or a secular, as long as it, as long as it's communicating truth. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Right. Um, then that doesn't. That doesn't belong to the artist. Right. That's God's. What if it's laced with things that are not true, though? Like a poem is what I'm thinking. Right. And then obviously that becomes a little bit harder and you sort of have to go, okay, so there's some, you know, truth in here and some half truth and some outright lies. Right. You know? Right. Um, But we can still take from that the things that are God's truth that point us to Christ. I think we can. Yeah, I think we can, but yeah. does it? I mean, obviously, then it comes down to a matter of priorities and how much time do I want to spend on that versus something right. that maybe has more to you know yes. versus actual scripture or that kind of thing. But again, you know, that's it, I I wouldn't automatically call it you know yeah evil or mm-hmm. whatever you know um, yeah. But I still do. I just love the saying of all truth is God's truth. Yeah, it brings it back. Like yeah, okay, that is so good. Don't forget. Like, yes. Yeah. And it, it so, puts a positive twist on it, too, because it's like you can't, like you said, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Like, it's, yes. it's okay to see the truth uh, here and there in someone's art, whatever that may be, and let it point you to Christ. Right. Instead of yep. just saying well, this person isn't a Christian, so I can't get anything from them. But I think you do need to be careful, you know. Like you said, you have to to take that and and put it up against, like, the truth, the real truth, God's God's word, and let it point you in the right direction. Yeah, and I I just think that, you know, even that person who may not be a Christian or whatever and is the artist or whatnot, um just because they're going to come to a different conclusion than I do mm-hmm. doesn't really matter. I mean, right. Cause one of us is true. And one, one of, one of us is coming to a truth and one of us isn't doesn't make the truth any less true. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, yeah. but that's my take on it. So yeah. Hmm. Anyway, <laughs> interesting. Very cool. Yeah. I'm ordering it. What's that? 
I'm ordering it. Oh, sweet. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I need to, I need to read it. Yes. Um, you will love it. So, um, I think, I think I will. Um, okay. So for my pick, yes. and this may be a little bit of a stretch cause I'm not sure if it really counts in this category. Exactly, okay. Well, I did but, that in one of them too, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> okay. So good. So I have, so I can do <laughs> whatever do you want here. Yeah. Um, but mine is The Great Divorce. Oh, okay. Um, just because for me, I felt like it hit on so many big spiritual truths that I didn't necessarily have a handle on before I had read it. And I just, um, so the basic story for those who haven't read it, and it's not a long read. So if you haven't read it, I would definitely encourage you. Um, but the basic idea is that um, it takes place in, it starts off in hell, basically. And hell is just a very gray place, very dismal, very lonely. Um, and it's, I would say loneliness is the pervading uh, sense. It's uh-huh. not, it's not so much like, you know, hellfire and that kind of thing. It's more just disconnection mm-hmm. just vast deep soul piercing disconnection yeah um and so the character the narrator um has a chance to basically like board a bus and take a field trip to heaven mm-hmm. and so he does and when he gets there um he realizes that everything and everyone there is so much more substantial than him Mm. and that if he were to take all of hell which seemed really vast when he was in it um, if he would take all of it it would fit between the blades of grass Mm. in heaven because everything there is just so much more solid and weighty and has more depth and realism and color and it's just yeah i'm not doing it justice at all but anyway um and so the great divorce the title is talking about how in order to um, be able to go home, which is what actually he called, apparently his working title had been Who Goes Home. Hmm. Um, And then in the end it was changed. I guess his editors and that kind of thing really didn't work keen on that title. Hmm. Um, But in the end it was changed to The Great Divorce. But The Great Divorce is... um, like the divorce between ourselves mm. and like sin and the things that shackle us mm. during our life and in hell. Um, and so the idea is you, ha- you can't, you can't, um, you can't hang on to anything mm-hmm. that, well, you can't hang on to anything really. Mm-hmm. It's, it's you and Christ and that's it. Otherwise, you know, you, you will you can't get there. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, that's kind of just a broad overview, but, yeah. um, yeah, it's, it's just, I don't know. It, it's a very soul searching type of book yeah. for me. Uh, um, I will say when I first read that book, it was a little confusing to me as a lot of C.S. Lewis things are, <laughs> But I'm so (laughs) glad I read it because then I was able to discuss it with you and you like kind of opened my eyes to some of the things that were, I feel like, not like it was poetic, but like it was very, oh, I don't even know how to describe it. Just like, like, okay, these blades of grass, what are they representing? (laughs) Or like the bus, what, what is that representing, you know? So you, right. re- it, it's not just an easy read. You have to really uh, look into every detail and yeah. figure out everything has a purpose in this story. Um, yeah. So. And I haven't, I, I don't know the purpose of every single thing in the story. Right. I, you know, I haven't gone But to be able to talk about have. it with people, or, like with you, with someone who has read it, really clarifies things. You know, for those who are intimidated yeah. by reading it or or just don't want to because they don't know much about it or whatever, you know. Right. It is an yep. excellent read to discuss with somebody. Um, yeah. You, you need a sounding yes. card. Yes. Yes. Um, so, 
I would say give it a read, and if you are thoroughly lost, again, join the club. All right. And find some find somebody to talk to about it because you do need a bit of a sound. Yeah. Kind of need a sound. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. But oh my goodness, anyway, what a so good that pick! Was my pick. I love it. Yeah, I absolutely love it. It's my favorite yeah. of C.S. Lewis's, which is saying something. Yeah, because I really love C.S. Lewis. Yeah, I agree. So, all right, that leaves our last category. Yep, historical fiction. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> okay, so my pick for historical fiction, and I have talked to you about this book. Um, oh, okay. But I don't think you've read it. It's called The okay. Four Winds by Kristen Hanna. Ooh, I have not. Okay. Okay. Yes. I, I didn't think you had because I talked down about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but I... But I could tell there was... Yes. You know, the reason I, I chose this book is because I read it months ago and it is still uh, present in my mind. I, I don't... I I didn't really necessarily enjoy the whole story as I was reading it because it was very depressing, but it Mm. brought up so many questions for me when it, uh, like when it comes to migrant workers and it even led to some like really good discussions or conversations with um, my dad because he growing up, um, his family were, they were migrant workers. So, um, it was, it was strange. It was one of those books where I was like, oh my goodness, is this book ever going to end? But then when it was done, I just kept thinking about it. And I loved that it actually brought me, I feel like it brought me closer to my dad because I was able to openly ask him questions about some stuff that I, had no answer to like I didn't know yeah um how he grew up or what it was like um yeah and so I kind of asked him like compared to the book okay they did this did did your family you know experience that and so it was really really good but um the book itself the four winds it's about a woman named Elsa who's trying to raise two children on her own during the dust bowl And then during the Great Depression. And the author, I felt like, did a really good job of describing the horror of living during that time and the desperation of the people. Um, I didn't know much about the Dust Bowl before this book, but it caused me to do some research, uh, which I feel like is always a good sign of a a good book, you know? I agree. And I would say that this book was a lot about survival, family the struggles of, you know, the average American during this time in history. Um, If if you like history and you want to learn about the Dust Bowl, this is a great book to read. You know, I I think I gave it four out of five on Goodreads. Okay. Um, It was a real struggle, like, to try and decide what I wanted to give this book because, again, it was so depressing, but... Hello. Yeah. It's about the Great Depression. (laughs) Of course, it's going to be depressing. Why would I think otherwise? Um, But I, I, yeah, I can't say that I loved this book, but I can say that it, it has changed how I view a certain group of people. Yeah, I would say I'm jealous because I really would have loved to have been a fly on the wall for those conversations with dad, because yeah. there's a lot of stuff in there that I think I would love to know about, too. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and, yeah. you know, I wish I I mean, we were on the phone when we talked. I wish I would have recorded some of it because I mean, yeah. it wasn't a super long conversation, but I asked, you know, quite a few questions. And and just to have that history in our family yeah. is yep. is really cool to me yeah so yeah I agree um and I don't think I realized how unique that was growing up Mm -hmm. it's taken more as an adult to realize like this was not the childhood most of my parents right most of my friends as parents right yes very Um, unique that it it was unique Mm -hmm. yeah very cool. By the um, way, the author, Kristen Hanna, if you ever see anything by her, I really enjoy her her writing. 
She also wrote something called um, The Great Alone. I love that book also. Just Kristen Hanna. She's a good author. I I know she's written some stuff that I've heard of, but Mm -hmm. I don't think I've actually read anything of hers yet, amazingly. Mm -hmm. So um, I need to get on it. Yeah, I think you would enjoy her. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Last one, baby. Okay. My last one, my pick for historical fiction. And again, this is my... Probably, if I had to choose a favorite genre of book overall, Mm -hmm. this is probably it. Because I love history. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I love fiction. So... Um, I, this is probably the category I read the most in. Yeah. And I, I just, I love it. So anyway, so it was a tough one, but again, I'm trying not to land too hard on the word favorite, Mm. but, um, my pick is actually an entire series Mm. and I'm sure a lot of you will have heard of it, but it's the pole dark series. Mm. Um, so it's, um, been made into a mini series, um, both in the last, decade and then also i think even in the 70s and stuff yes new books yeah old books um i think they may have been written in the 40s or something but anyway um they're by winston graham Mm -hmm. who is a british author was a british author um and it takes place around a character named poldark Mm -hmm. his last name And um, this character, it starts out where he's just come back to England. He was a British soldier during the Revolutionary War. And so um, after that war ends, he comes back home to um, Cornwall, England. And um, he's trying to kind of restart his life in England. And he comes back and finds that everything is in a shambles. His father has died leaving him an estate, but the estate is just a complete wreck. And, you know, everything has kind of gone to pot. And he had um, a girl that he had left back there who they sort of had an understanding. They were in love and, you know, they were going to get married. But, of course, he got, you know, called away to the U.S. And, um, well, not the U.S. at the time, but anyway. Mm -hmm. And um, she, in the meantime, has become engaged to his cousin, so now they're going to get married. So basically his whole life is in a shambles. Mm-hmm. Um, and it goes from there. And it's pretty, it's a saga. Like the books yeah. go th- from probably the 1780s hmm. th- all the way up through probably the 1820s or 30s hmm. maybe. Okay. So it starts with him coming back and what happens during, you know, and then his children and stuff and um I think he's alive through the whole series. I don't think it's like a moving on through generations, okay. but you do yeah. get the generations. Um, but anyway, um, and there's, I just think they're really well written. Yeah. And I got so much like pieces of history just entwined mm. throughout everything. Hmm. Um, and I just thought it was interesting yeah. because as Americans, we sort of see all of that from our perspective mm-hmm. and it was just kind of fun to see it from the other side yes. a little bit. Yeah. Um, and somebody coming back from that war, which to them, they lost, of mm-hmm. course. So it was, it's just a whole different perspective. And then seeing England in, in the aftermath of all that, mm-hmm. and what was going on there at the time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just, I mm-hmm. loved it. I loved it for all the history in it. I loved it for the characters because the characters are really compelling and just fun yeah. and you get into it and, um, there's a rivalry that happens that's just kind of, hmm. you know, always there under the surface yeah. between him and, and another character. And Did you anyway, did so, you like the PBS um, Masterpiece series of it? I, I did. Did you think it was actually. a good, like, representation of the book? I thought it was a, it was a, as a decent, I definitely thought it was a decent, decent representation. Hmm. Um, of course, when you're dealing with anything that's, you know, te- I don't remember how many books. Like eight or ten books. Wow. Okay. Um, and over the course of there has 50, to be 60, some details. Seventy that, years. You yeah. Know, yeah. They can't do everything. Right. But I, I thought they did a pretty decent job, and it's a very compelling watch too. I thought they did a good job with that. Well, I started um, watching yeah. the the series. I have not read those books, but actually, I I would love to. I need to put them on my list. But I kind of fell away from the series a little bit. I got a little okay. bit bored. Um, okay. So. 
that's why I've hesitated to read them because I'm like, will I get bored with the books too? Yeah. You know? And that could be the case. I don't, I mean, I could see where some people would see it as being a little bit dry, but because I love history so much, yeah. it it wasn't dry to me, even yeah. in the parts where I could see where some people might yeah. think it would be. I, for me, I just, the, just the history carries me along. Right. And I just enjoy it. Well, I haven't um, even tried reading the books, so I need to give them a try. I need to... And yeah. another thing I really loved, um, they're very clean. Mm. There's, you know, you shouldn't have to skip anything. Okay. Um, for the most part, they're they're pretty, they're pretty clean. Yeah. So um, I could see where some people would see that almost as being dry. There's not enough like action. Oh well. Um, no, that actually makes me want to read it more. You know. Yeah, I I enjoyed them. Awesome. So. And just the story. Just the overall story yeah. I really like. Yeah, so. and the location, too, I'm sure. Wasn't it Yeah, Cornwall, yeah. you said? Yeah, Cornwall, yeah. which I I just have a thing about Cornwall. Yes. I don't know why. Yes. I've never even been there. But I think anyway. you need to go there sometime, Laura. <laughs> I think someday <laughs> I really need to go there. Yeah, for sure. Yes. Yes. 20-year anniversary or something. <laughs> yeah. Between Winston Graham yes. and... P- you know, Daphne de Maurier. Yes. They, they've convinced me. Yes. So. <laughs> Speaking of Daphne de Maurier. Yes. Um, our next book uh, choice is yes. called Jamaican Inn, which is by Daphne de Maurier. And uh, we... I'm so excited. <laughs> yes. Are you rereading it or... or? Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm almost done reading it, so I will be interested to see what you have to say. Yes, I'm very excited. <laughs> um, Can't wait. Yeah, so we uh, hope you will join us next time for Grounds for Discussion. We have had fun talking yes, about our yes, genres. I love <laughs> I love when we do um, something know, a little I bit different. So it's been good. Yeah. I've enjoyed it. And I have a whole new list of books that I, I want a, to read. I know. I have a new book list. <laughs> <laughs> well, some of all, but yeah. Hey, Pull Dark Alone is uh, eight right? to ten I books. Mean, so. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. So thank you for joining us today on Grounds for Discussion, where the coffee and the books are a perfect blend.